Hallelujah. My, my, my. That, that's a beautiful song, isn't it? Glory to God. Well, I was locked out of my own church this morning. My wife would not allow me to come. And she said, and don't even watch it on the internet. Go like this to her. But I cheated. I listened anyway. (laughs) She's not my boss. Well, I take that back. She is. Is she looking? (laughs) That was good, Carolyn. Hallelujah. I didn't, I didn't get to hear all of it, but the part I heard was outstanding. And uh, how many of you would like to hear her again sometime? I'm talking about sometime before the Lord returns. You know, she, she studies and studies and prays and prays and fasts and fasts. And she finally gets her sermon ready. And then when she gets through, she says, don't ask me to do it again for five years. <laughs> but I think if we ask the Lord, he might prevail. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. All right. Praise God. Let's open our Bibles this morning, first of all, to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And while you're turning there. I want to make a few statements to you. We will eventually get there. Kenneth E. Hagin, in my estimation, one of the greatest faith teachers of our generation. A lot of people refer to him as the father of the 20th century faith movement. And uh, I am thrilled to be able to say that he was one of my mentors and a dear friend. I loved Brother Hagin. I miss him greatly. I listen to him nearly every day, still by, by way of his sermons that were recorded. I have them all downloaded on my iPod. I take them everywhere I go. And uh, particularly if I'm flying for quite a distance, and I'll take that out and listen to a Kenneth Hagin message. I don't know how many times I've heard him teach on faith. I never get tired of it. Never get tired of it. In fact, I've been in meetings with him in the past where I was sitting on the front row and next to his wife and next to Pat Harrison, his daughter, and uh, Buddy Harrison, his son-in-law. And uh, many times I think if Brother Hagin wants to stop right now and say, Brother Jerry, come up and finish. I knew exactly where he was headed. I knew the stories. In fact, I'd heard them so often, I thought I was born in McKinney, Texas. Uh, and, uh, but he was one of the greatest teachers on the subject of faith that I believe the world's ever known. And thank God for his ministry. Those of you that have never heard Kenneth Hagin, it's all on YouTube. Of course, you can contact his ministry and I've got everything he's ever preached that was recorded anyway, every book he's ever written. 
I have them as far back as reel-to-reel tapes. I have them back as cassette tapes. Uh, and, and now, you know, downloaded to iPod and iPad and my pad and your pad and all that, you know. <laughs> and um, the reason I listen to them is because of Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Say that with me. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now the Bible tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. For you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The Bible also tells us in three different places, the just shall live by faith. It's really not an option. It's a command. If you consider yourself as one of the just, then God has commanded you to live by faith. Amen. Now, living by faith is not living by presumption. It's living on facts. What is written in the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. So what we find in God's word, Jesus said in the 17th chapter, John in the 17th verse, thy word is truth. And the definition for the word truth is the highest form of reality that exists. Amen. That book in your lap contains the highest form of reality that exists. CNN is not the highest form of reality that exists. Fox News is not the highest form of reality that exists. The Word of God is. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, Brother Hagin used to say, faith can only be released or activated when the will of God is known. Another way that he would say it was this. Faith begins where the will of God is known. You really can't have faith in God if you don't know what he said. Amen. There are a lot of people trying to have faith in God, but they don't know what he said. You, you can't even have faith in Pastor Justin if you don't know what he said. Or faith in me, if you don't know what I've said. You know, if I say, I will bless you with $100 before the service is over. Now, if I said that, you have every right to expect it. But if I didn't say it, don't ask me for it. Amen. You, you really can't have faith if you don't know what the will of God is. Amen. Now you say, well, you mean to tell me I can find in the Bible whether or not God wants me to move to Crowley, Texas? Well, he won't say those exact words. But you can find scripture that will uh, encourage you to uh, listen to the Holy Spirit, be led by the Spirit, you know. And, and you could base your desire to move on the fact that My sheep know my voice. They will hear my voice and they will not follow the voice of a stranger. 
Amen. Now, I, I uh, you know, uh, just recently shared with you how that after 20 years, we have just uh, taken possession of our international jet, a Falcon 50. 20 years, I believe, for that. But I, w- I couldn't believe for it if I didn't know that it was the will of God. That's right. That's so good. That'd be assumption. That's good. Well, where did you find a scripture about a Falcon 50 jet? Well, I found one that's close. Thou shalt ride upon the high places of the earth. That's flying jets. Hallelujah. Amen. And of course, there are other things that I based it on. But also, I heard the voice of God in my spirit. Amen. You can can know the will of God by the word of God and by the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been sent to reveal the word of God, the will of God. Can you say amen? amen? So faith is, or faith begins where the will of God is known. That's why the Apostle Paul says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you got to know what the word says. A lot of people struggle with their faith because they haven't taken the time to find out what the word of God says. Carolyn and I learned a long, long time ago. I mean, come February, it'll be 52 years I've been preaching the word of God around the world. And I found out 52 years ago that I could pray the will of God. Amen. 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 I could pray the word of God because the word of God is the will of God. He will never say anything in his word and then will the opposite. Amen. And, And we learn that if we would base our prayers on the word of God, then we would have the confidence that he hears us. And if he hears us, he will give us the petitions that we desire of him. Amen. I mean, if he said it in his word, then apparently he meant it. My attitude is, if you didn't want me to believe that you will supply all my needs according to your riches and glory, then you never should have said it in your word. <clears throat> Amen. Because my his word is my foundation for everything I do. It's my foundation for everything I'm believing for. Amen. Now I'm saying all this because there's a lot of Christians that still do not know the basics of faith. We, we tend to, you know, we see new people come in all the time and we tend to assume they already know these things. But not all of them do. I didn't know anything about faith prior to February 1969. I'd been around since 1946. But prior to February 1969, I didn't know a thing about faith. Until Kenneth Copeland came to Shreveport, Louisiana, where Carolyn and I grew up. <clears throat> and, and the night that I went, the last night of his meeting, 
I heard the message of faith. And even though I didn't have insight, comprehension, revelation, I did know that what I just heard was true. Amen. I couldn't, I couldn't go home that night and point out in the Bible where it, where it said that because I didn't know anything where it was said that. But I know, or I knew that night that what I heard was the truth. And it inspired me to go get in my Bible. Now, Carolyn had put a Bible in my shop when I opened that business. She brought a Bible and put it in my shop and wanted me to put it on my desk. And as soon as she left, I hid it in the drawer under the paint catalogs. So I didn't want any customer coming in there seeing a Bible on my desk, you know. And so I never picked it up, never read it. But that night after I heard Kenneth Copeland, February the 10th, 1969, I went to my shop the next day. Now, let me back up a little bit. Uh, The morning of February the 11th, three o'clock in the morning is when I totally surrendered my life to God. And I went to the shop later that day. And when I got there, there was a couple of guys that were doing some uh, work on cars and, and a painter that was supposed to come in and paint a car that we'd finished working on. And when they arrived that morning, I told them all to go home. They said, what? I said, I don't know. Just go home. They said, well, we got customers picking up cars today. I said, I know. I'll call them and tell them to come tomorrow. Don't, we're not working today. Why? It was the hardest thing to get people to go home. You know? And I said, I don't know. I can't explain it to you. I just know that there's something else I need to do, so go home. They finally left. I pulled the overhead door down to my shop. I locked the front door to my office. And I got that Bible out from under the paint catalogs. And I went into the shop restroom. And I locked the door behind me. And I sat in the floor with that Bible and cried like a baby. I said, God, is what that man said last night true? Is this really in your word, the Bible? I I didn't know to call it the word then. I said, is this really in the Bible? If it is, show me. And I prayed and asked the Lord to recall those verses that Kenneth Copeland spoke on that night. And I found Mark 11, 22 and 23. That was the basis for what he was preaching that night. And he simply called it the word of faith. And I found those verses. What things? Well, it starts out, have faith in God. I thought that's exactly what I'm looking for. Have faith in God. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Verse 24 said. Of course, verse 23 said, If thou shalt say with thy mouth and believe in thine heart that those things which you sayeth shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you sayeth. Now, I like to tell people 
This is where you lay the foundation for faith. This is where Kenneth Hagin started nearly every sermon. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Mark 11, 23 and 24. And it was like the foundation being laid to build the rest of the house upon. Okay? And I studied those verses. I thought about those verses. I meditated upon those verses. And exactly what the Bible said happened to me. Faith came. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Even, even while I was reading Mark eleven twenty three and 24, I could hear Kenneth Copeland's voice speaking on that, those verses. I could hear him over and over talking about, explaining, expounding upon Mark eleven twenty three and 24. And once again, what happened was exactly what the Bible says. Faith came. Faith came. Faith came. And I knew, and I, I didn't know much then, but I knew that my life was about to change drastically. Because this is the best thing I ever heard in my life. That's the way you ought to feel about the Word of God. That's the way you ought to feel about the message of faith. I mean, if you remember the first time you ever heard the message of faith. It was like an explosion in my heart. And it still is today. 52 years later, I feel the same way. That's the reason I can't get enough of it. Now, the New English translation says it this way. Consequently, faith comes from what is heard. And what is heard comes through the preached word of Christ. See, that's what should be happening right now. As I'm preaching the word of Christ, faith is endeavoring to be deposited in your heart. You you should be walking out of every service where the word of faith is preached and your faith went to another level. Amen. Amen. Faith comes from what is heard and what is heard comes through the preached word of Christ. Now, as I kept listening, it it, it got to where I couldn't get enough. Finally, after a short period of time, I was able to close that business down and begin to prepare for full-time ministry. And when I did, the Lord instructed me. Now, I'm not suggesting anybody else do this. It's what God told me to do. You can't live on my revelation. Amen. Amen. And the Lord told me when I shut that business down, you spend the next three months in your guest bedroom, no less than eight hours a day. Give me the same dedication to my word that you gave to that business. And I knew what he meant because... If it meant work eight hours, 10 hours, 12, 15 hours, it didn't make me endurance because I wanted to be successful. And he said, give me the same dedication that you gave that business to my word. And in three months, I will not only make a preacher out of you, your life will never be the same. Amen. Amen. Three months. 
And I'd go in there every morning about six o'clock and I'd start off just praising God and worshiping God and, and then spend quality time reading the word, listening to the tapes I had of Kenneth Copeland on Real to Real because he was introducing me to the Bible. He was introducing me to the New Testament. He was introducing me to the word of faith. And it was life changing. And I, I couldn't get enough. I listened to all those messages. I had 21 messages on real to real tapes. Because he was there for a week, three services a day. And I got all those tapes, 21 messages, and I listened to them first, to, first time just listening. And then I started all over listening to them. And this time I'm listening to receive insight and revelation. The third time I went through them, it wasn't just Kenneth Copeland's revelation. It's now my revelation, praise God. I'm listening and I'm outlining every message. And finally, I realized I'd almost copied down word for word what the man was saying. And it got deep in my heart. Now, I needed an outlet. I was like a, I was like a, 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 a river swelling. And there's one problem. Nobody wanted to hear a word I had to say. <laughs> the faith message was really just taking off. And not many people had heard it, nor did many people want to hear it. Because it went cross grain with religious tradition. So that's when I hit the streets of my city and started preaching in the streets. And eventually it led to this. 52 years later, hallelujah. Amen. Now, listen, listen to something here that the uh, uh, English translation, New English translation says for verse 15 of Romans 10. How timely is the arrival of those who proclaim the good news. That's exactly what I was saying. If Kenneth Copeland came for nobody else but Jerry Savelle, he came for me. I mean, I knew the favor of God was on me because there was a house full of people. The church was large in those days. A lot of people. And not many grabbed hold, for the lack of a better phrase, of what he said. In fact, he made a lot of people mad. A lot of people didn't like him and they didn't want him to come back. But as far as I was concerned, how timely is the arrival of those who proclaim the good news? It was very timely. I'd been running from God since 1957. And now it's 1969. I knew I had to call to God on my life. But how timely was his coming to Shreveport. And if for nobody else, for Jerry Savelle. And then the second visit he came, which was five or six months later, is when he called me out of the audience 
and said, God showed me that you and I will be a team and we'll spend the rest of our lives preaching the word of God together around the world. And it'd be your responsibility to believe God for the perfect timing for the team to begin. Sit out. And then he went on and preached his message. That's when I knew. If God sent Kenneth Copeland for nobody else in this church, in this city, he sent him for me. And you know, it's, and I say this as humbly as I know how, it's a great joy knowing that he's used me and sent me to people all over the world. And it was a timely visit, praise God. It was life-changing for them. Hallelujah. I will never, 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 never stop hearing and preaching the word of faith. It's meant everything to me. It's produced everything I have. It will produce everything I need in the days ahead. Can you say amen? I will be forever grateful for God arranging for that very timely visit. Amen. Now, going back to what Kenneth Hagin said, faith begins where the will of God is known. Now, I want to read to you once again the prophetic word that I received back on October the 3rd. Regarding 2021. And then I think we're going to have it put up on the screen. And there's a reason for us doing that. And I'll tell you that in just a minute. Now listen to what the Spirit of God said to me. A new era has begun. And more and more signs and wonders will be seen in 2021. For those who will heed my voice and obey my words... They'll experience my goodness and my power as never seen nor heard. They'll see the fruit of their faithfulness come bursting forth and they'll prosper and flourish like never before. Abundance and overflow. That's what they'll see. I'll bring it to pass because of their love and their obedience to me. No longer will their enemy have the upper hand for my spirit is moving and an outpouring of my power is coming upon the land. This new era will be marked by many triumphant victories. It's what I've planned, so just rest in me. Miracle after miracle, that's what I'll do. Just decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Refuse to be swayed by what's said in the news. With me on your side, how can you lose? So stay with my word. It's faithful and true. I'll bring it to pass and great things I will do. Amen. And then later he said to me, Your theme for 2021 is abundant overflow. And tell them it's already begun. Hallelujah. Now, I'm I'm repeating that because of what I learned from Kenneth Hagin. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins... Where the will of God is known. Well, Brother Jerry, how do you know that's the will of God? Well, number one, I have confidence in my ability to hear the word, the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. You, you may not have that same confidence, 
But I have that confidence. And I'm not one to just go around and just prophesy every five minutes. I'm not one who uh, tends to stand up everywhere I go and demand that people recognize me as a prophet. I could care less about any of that. But I do know that I know that I know that I know when I've heard the voice of God. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know what you're going to do with it, but here's what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to testify this year, this coming year. Actually, it's already begun, but I'm going to testify throughout 2021. Abundant overflow is what I'm experiencing. Hallelujah. Amen. See, I can't help it because faith's already come. Faith comes by hearing. When I heard it, faith came. Hallelujah. Faith came. Now, can we truly say that this is God's will for each and every one of us? Abundant overflow. Does this prophetic word line up with the written word? That's what I want to know. That's how I judge prophecy. That's how I judge the prophetic word. Does it line up with the written word? If it doesn't line up with the written word, I'm not going to pay any attention to it. I've had people, you know, trying to show off, wanting to prophesy over me. And they know more heard than God than I'm a billy goat. I think I heard Kenneth Hagin say that one time. <laughs> it didn't line up with the word of God. You know, like one guy uh, called one time and he said, uh, God spoke to me and told me that I was going to break Vegas, Las Vegas. And he gave me the formula for breaking Las Vegas. And he told me that if you would invest $100,000 in this, that I'll give you the tithe off of it. But boy, I jumped up, went to the bank, got $100,000. Are you kidding me? God's not going to tell you how to break Vegas. And he's not going to tell me to back you with $100,000. So I told him, I said, no, the man you're looking for is Happy Caldwell. He's in Little Rock, Arkansas. (laughs) And about a week later, Happy Caldwell, did you send this nut up here to me? (laughs) Happy and I are always pulling pranks on each other. (laughs) No, that didn't line up with the written word of God. Amen. We have a right to judge prophecy. And the way you judge it is, first of all, does it line up with the written word of God? Now, if I can't find anywhere in the Bible where God wills abundant overflow for his people, then don't even listen to another word I say. Just ship my saddle home. But I'm so confident that this is the will of God. I'm going to put it on the screen. 2021, year of abundant overflow. Get your cell phone out and take a picture of that. 
so you can carry it around with you everywhere you go. 2021, the year of abundant overflow. Now, if we can find it in his word, then we have every right to expect it to happen in our lives. Even though the present conditions and circumstances in our world today are not conducive for that to take place. Well, what's new? When has it ever been conducive for God's word to be fulfilled? When when have the conditions ever been perfect? Amen. God deals with the impossible. He's the God of the impossible. And if you're saying, this is impossible for me to experience abundant overflow in 2021, then more than likely, it's possible. Amen? Amen. But you've got to have a word foundation for it. That's my foundation. If I can't see it in the word, then I have no foundation for my faith. Now, once again, Jesus said in John 17, 17, Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. Settle it once and for all that what God says in his word, that's truth. Amen. That's truth. If CNN doesn't agree with it, don't pay any attention to what they say. You put the word first place. Make it final authority. Amen. Now, go with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So here the apostle Paul is telling us, and remember Paul is getting his inspiration from the Holy Spirit. All scripture is inspired by God. And here Paul is telling us that the God that we serve is limitless. He can do exceeding abundant above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. Now the Amplified says, now to him who in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. I like that. That sounds like even greater than abundant. Super abundantly. Look at your neighbor and say, God can do super abundantly. He can do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. Hallelujah. Well, what would be the purpose of Paul telling us that God's able to do that if we were never able to see him do it? That'd be like me telling you, I can turn backflips off the diving board. 
Now you can just accept that or you want me to show you. Can I turn backflips off the diving board, Carolyn? What? <laughs> Did you hear that? She wants proof, big mouth. I've already proved that to you time and time again. I didn't say I could do it at 74, but I used to could do it. <laughs> Amen. Oh, smart one. Now, <laughs> he's able to do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. Now, Notice the King James once again, according to the power, God is able to do this according to the power that worketh with us. Now, there's several applications you could, you could make or use referring to the power that worketh within us. Of course, when we think of that, we think of the Holy Spirit. But I don't think that's really what he's addressing here, even though the Holy Spirit is involved in it. But if you back up, let me get there with you. If you back up a, a little bit, to verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height. And to know the love of Christ. I personally believe what he is referring to. Regarding the power that worketh within. Is our ability. To comprehend. His ability to do this. Are you following me? A lot of people can't comprehend that. That God could do this. We tend to limit God. Well, I know God could get me a car, but I don't know if he can get me a new car. Well, I know God could get me a new car, but I don't know if God could get me a new car debt free. So we always tend to put a little, you know, limitation on it. However, if you have the ability to comprehend God getting you a debt-free car, there's a difference. Amen. If you can comprehend that. Now, let me give you some definitions of the word comprehend. Because it has everything to, uh, its application has everything to do with whether or not your 2021 will be a year of abundant increase. Are you ready? Comprehend the ability to understand, to grasp, to perceive, to take in, to embrace, to comprise, 
and the ability to apply or to incorporate. It also means the ability to think and to imagine and to see what's coming. Now let me give that all to you again since I see many of you writing it down or putting it in your phone and iPad. To comprehend the ability to understand, to grasp, to perceive, to take in, to embrace, to comprise the ability to apply or to incorporate. The ability to think or to imagine and to see what's coming. That's comprehend. To say it in layman terms, terms, if you can't see it on the inside, it'll never happen on the outside. Amen. You have to see it on the inside first. See, I've, I've been seeing myself, this ministry, owning a Falcon 50 for over 20 years. My former pilot, Sam Douglas, who used to fly my citation, he knew how often I was flying overseas. He said, Brother Jerry, are you believing for an international jet? I said, well, I thought about it, but I, I can't really say that I've actually put my faith to it. And he said, could I make a suggestion on what I think you would need. Now, Sam, I've, I, I said many times what Sam Douglas didn't know about aviation, it hadn't been invented yet. He was just one of the finest pilots in the world. And uh, uh, he said, I would like to recommend that you consider a Falcon 50. I said, why, Sam? He said, well, let's go to Little Rock, Arkansas to the plant and give you a tour of the plant and the aircraft, and, and then you'd tell me if you don't think this is the airplane you need. So we went to Little Rock, and uh, Happy Caldwell had a man in his church that worked at the Falcon plant, and he gave us a VIP tour and took us through the whole plant. Now, they're, they're made in France, then they're brought over here, and, and, and all the finished work. Sometimes when they leave France, they're just a shell. Doesn't have the upholstery in it. Doesn't have all the avionics and everything. And then they do it not only in Little Rock, but there's other places as well. So we got to go in and see, go in and look at a shell of a Falcon 50. And then just go right on down the line and see a completed project. And talk to the people working on those different parts of the assembly. And when I got out the other side of that building, I was convinced a Falcon 50 is what I need. So then I started applying my faith for it. Now I didn't, I could have used it right then, but in the natural, my ministry was not in a place financially to maintain a Falcon 50. Takes a lot of money to maintain one. You know, it's not just owning it. You can own it debt free. 
That's just the beginning. <laughs> Amen. That's just the beginning. Like Brother Copeland says, aviation wrote the book on expensive. You know, I know even in, in the citation I've had, uh, you know, we were going to read, upgrade all the avionics. And they, they delivered stuff out at our office by UPS in a little truck. When I pay half a million dollars to upgrade avionics, I want it to come in an 18-wheeler. <laughs> Not a little tiny UPS truck. And the guy come out, uh, here's your package. Are you kidding me? It's the same way with television. Television wrote the book on expensive. We're about to upgrade some equipment and all. Dear Lord, you'd think he was asking for the moon. So, my faith. See, I prayed about it. I sensed in my spirit it was the will of God. That was the plan that God wanted me to have. And now I've got a basis for my faith. But it didn't happen. (laughs) In a week, didn't happen in a month, didn't happen in a year, didn't happen in two years, didn't happen in 10 years. 20 years. But 20 years later, I was in position to handle it. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. It's in, it's, it's in Houston right now going through an inspection. And soon we'll get it back to Fort Worth and Hallelujah. <laughs> I'll probably cry the whole first trip I'll make in it. I can hardly wait to fly over the Atlantic Ocean. The goodness of God. Amen. But it all, it all began. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Amen. Now I've had people try to tell me, oh, uh, why don't you go for a Gulf Stream? That's not what the Lord told me. Gulf Streams are great airplanes. Awesome airplanes. They're the Mercedes of the skies. <laughs> but that's not what the Lord told me. Why don't you go for a Challenger? That's not what he said. He said a Falcon 50. And I've had my heart set on that for 20 years. And now, hallelujah. Amen. What did it take for God to do the exceeding abundant where that was concerned? The power to comprehend. I had to see it on the inside before it ever happened on the outside. See, you, you drive by down here, if you go right out of this building, get in your car, go down the road to the next left, and go down that road, and look over to the right, that's where we're going to build a new church. Now, a lot of people, they'll drive by there, and all they see is weeds. I've comprehended. I've compre- I can see it. I can see it. I said, I can see it. Somebody shout, I can see it. I can 
Hallelujah. I remember uh, years ago uh, when we first moved to Fort Worth and I had spent the first three years uh, working as Brother Copeland's associate minister, then launched out into this ministry. And we were, we were wanting to buy our first house in Fort Worth. And we were renting, we were leasing. Uh, we rented a little place first, and then we found a better place, and we leased it. And I was coming home from my office. Now, I just, just left Brother Copeland not too long before that. I was coming home from my office down here off of uh, Trail Lake. And when you cross the railroad tracks, you turn to the left, go one block and turn to the right to the house, uh, two blocks and turn to the right to the house that we were leasing. This particular day when I was coming home, when I crossed the railroad tracks, the Lord said, turn right. I said, Lord, I live to the left. He said, turn right. So I turned right. He said, now turn left. I went one block and turned left. He said, drive down this street and I'll show you your house. And down that street, just a few houses down, there was a man driving a, no, he was pulling up a for sale sign. And the Lord said, there's your house. So I stopped and I asked the man, I said, is this house for sale? He said, no, it was, but uh, we've got a contract on it and I'm coming out here Take the sign down. I said, that's my house. He said, pardon me? I said, that's my house. I said, I'm going to go get my wife. And so I went and got Carolyn, and I told her what the Lord said. And she said, Jerry, I've already seen what that house looks like on the inside before we ever go out there. Now, she'd never been in the house, never been on that street. But she knew on the end, she'd seen on the end, she had comprehended what the house looked like before we ever stepped foot in it. And so I got her in the car. We went over there to that house. It was on Fawn Drive and pulled up in front of it. The sign was already down. That guy was the real estate agent. We knocked on the door and went in the house. And uh, I said, sir, this is my wife. And before we even walked in, she said, I know exactly what it looks like. When you walk in, there's a living room over here. There's a, a, there's a little room over here that probably would become your study. And then you walk a little ways and there's a den, there's a kitchen, and there's stairs up to the bedrooms. We walked in the door and that's exactly what it looked like. She'd never been in the place before in her life. And I said, sir, this is our house. He said, I've got a contract on it. I said, well, that's subject to change. Now, the Lord had just revealed to me just a few weeks before. I was preaching with Kenneth Copeland in Birmingham, Alabama. And the morning service that I was doing, the Lord told me to preach on 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And, and where it says, things which are seen are temporal. And the Lord said, do you know what temporal means? I said, what? He said, subject to change. If you can see it, it's not permanent. It's subject to change. And I had just preached that in Birmingham. And when I got through, Brother Cobra said, my Lord, boy, why didn't you tell me this three years ago? I said, I just learned it myself. <laughs> he said, that's life changing. And I started, I started everything that was negative 
I would say, if I can see it, it's subject to change. And so I said that to him, sir, you having a contract on this house is subject to change. He didn't have a clue what I was talking about, but he didn't have to have a clue. I had a clue. Amen. I had a clue. I said, now, when this deal falls through, call me. He said, they've already been approved. It's not going to fall through. I said, call me when it falls through. And we left. How long did it take, Carol? A couple of days. He called me. He said, this beats anything i ever seen. These people were approved. They had good credit. Everything was set. And then they just backed out. I said, I told you it's my house. <laughs> Amen. And we moved in our first house. We moved in that in a little two-story Cape Cod looking house. Carolyn put her touch to it, made it into a show place. And then later we sold it, doubled our investment and put it into another house. Amen. Every piece of real estate, every building, every house, every piece of equipment, we saw it first before it happened. We comprehended. If you can't comprehend you experiencing abundant overflow, then it's not likely to happen. Now, comprehending takes more than one session. That's where the problem lies. People get inspired. I'm going to go home and begin comprehending. (laughs) And they get weary in well-doing. They get tired. They get distracted. All you got to do is turn on CNN and you'll be distracted. Because it's not talking super abundant overflow. Amen. Now, let me go a little further with comprehend. This is what the Bible refers to in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Thou shalt meditate therein. Thou shalt meditate therein. Meditation is not an evil word. It was stolen from God by other religions. To meditate, let me give you some definitions, means to reflect deeply, to ponder, to contemplate, to muse. And a, a, a real layman term would be to chew on. Like an old cow chewing its cut. You ever seen an old cow out in the field? Just a chewing, just a chewing. Sometimes you ought to walk into church and Pastor Justin see you going, What are you doing? I'm chewing on the word, hallelujah. I'm meditating. Amen. Now, meditating on the word also means, or once again means, to reflect deeply, to ponder, to contemplate, to muse, and to chew on over and over and over. 
Do you remember Romans 10, 17? Faith cometh by hearing. Not a period there. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing. And you can add and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and chewing and chewing and chewing and musing and musing and pondering and pondering and contemplating and contemplating and comprehending and comprehending until you get it. Until what you've been endeavoring to comprehend becomes bigger on the inside than what you're seeing on the outside. Is this making sense to you? This is elementary. I learned this 52 years ago. Hallelujah. Meditate. And you need to keep doing it until, once again, what you're seeing on the inside is greater than what you're seeing on the outside. That's the power that worketh within you. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think, desire or dream. But it's according to your ability to comprehend it. Hallelujah. Oh, this is good. I, I, I might just watch this again today. Oh, I got so much more, but it's 1216. Lock the doors, ushers. <laughs> the Baptists have already beat you to the cafeteria. Yeah, but I got a roast cooking. Offer it as a burnt offering. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I'll, 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 to be continued, okay? But let me just close it with this. Because once again, faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And the word of God is the will of God. So let's wrap it up with this. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and 2. I'm reading it from the New English Translation. If you indeed obey my voice, the voice of the Lord your God, and are careful to observe all his commandments, the Lord your God will elevate you above all the nations of the earth. The Lord your God will elevate you above all the nations of the earth. Now to elevate means to promote or to take to a higher level. A higher position. It also means to experience an upgrade, to advance, to be lifted up, to be raised in rank. Now, verse 2 says, All these blessings shall come to you in abundance if you obey the Lord your God. You say, Well, that's in the Old Testament. Well, go over to the New Testament and James tells us, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Obedience is mandatory in the New Testament just like it is in the Old Testament. 
You don't think all this is going to happen to you and you never act on the word of God? You're never a doer of the word? You're living in a dream world. So, verse 2, all these blessings will come to you in abundance if you obey the Lord your God. Verse 8, the Lord will decree blessing for you in respect to everything you do. He will decree blessing for you in respect to everything you do. Verse 13, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will always end up on top and never on bottom. And the message translation adds, and God will lavish you with good things. God will lavish you with good things. Don't get mad at me. If I'm lavishing, it's not my fault. It's God's. He's a lavish God. Jesus didn't say, in my father's house are many shacks. I'll go to prepare one for you. In my father's house are many mansions. Amen. God's lavish and he wants to lavish Good things on us. Here's my last closing. (laughs) Lavish implies to be characterized by extravagance and profusion. It also means that God will be unsparing in his blessings toward you. That sounds like abundant overflow. Unsparing means extremely generous. That sounds like abundant overflow. Now my question in closing is this. Since I found this in God's word, do I have a right to have faith for it? Do I have a right to believe for it? Do I have a right to expect it? If you agree, shout amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a good shout of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Now your assignment is go home and comprehend. Go home and comprehend. It's not enough to hear this one time. You keep comprehending. You keep meditating until it's bigger on the inside than what you see on the outside. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I should have been a faith preacher. Well, I am. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. My, my, my. Thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing the word of faith to my house. We've never been the same. Hallelujah. And Lord, I pray that what's been shared today will lodge in the hearts of every person who heard it And that they will commit to being a doer of your word and not just a hearer only. And your word says in the book of James that if we are committed to be doers of the word, then we will be blessed in our deeds. Lord, make it real to every person in this place today. And every person that's watching by way of internet. And every person 
who will in a few weeks see this on television. Cause them to reach the place where they truly believe that it can happen to them. That you're no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just lift your hands and praise him now as we close. Hallelujah.